0: let's go ahead and pray. Jesus, thank you for your word that it never turns back void. Thank you, Father, for all that you do in our lives, that you have um, a purpose and a plan, Lord, for us, God. I pray, Jesus, that you'd help me get out of your way, Lord, even now, Lord. Uh, just ask that you would just write upon the fleshly tablets of our hearts, God, what you want to speak to us, Lord, um, Thank you, Lord, that uh, your word never turns back void, that we don't have to try and make it be something that it's not or or make it more appealing than it is or whatnot, Lord, that you accomplish your work through your word, Father God. Thank you that it's alive and that it's sharper than any two-edged sword, that it's able to pierce our heart, Lord, that it's able to divide between bone and marrow, Lord, that it's able to discern our thoughts and intents. Thank you that it's a mirror, Lord, to us. I pray, Father God, that we would be able to sit at your feet today, Lord, and, 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 and receive what you want to speak to us, Lord, as we go continue through the book of Acts, Lord. Father, we just lift up all the other church services and ministers and pastors right now, Father. We pray, Lord, that you would stir your church up in a mighty way, Father God, Lord, that you would empower your body, Lord, to be the hands and feet that you want them to be, Lord, the hands and feet, Lord, the, the mouth of hope, Lord, the mouth of reasoning, the mouth of truth, Father God. We just ask that you would just continue to to sift us, Lord, and help us to be um, r- just real with you, God, on our weaknesses and, uh, and our inabilities, Lord, that you would be made so strong in our lives that we would boast of our weaknesses, Father God. Lord, thank you so much just for the opportunity to sit at your feet, to read your word. Lord, thank you for this community, and we just pray, Lord, that you would just continue to to move in our lives as you see fit, Father God. Lord, if there's anything that we may have done knowingly or unknowingly, God, that's against you father any sin lord we just ask that you would just reveal that we get it out of the way lord and um be able to receive from you what you want to speak to us today god thank you for all that you do in our lives lord thank you jesus thank you for loving us thank you for the cross that you decided to shed your blood that you took our place that you were mutilated for us that you took our place god thank you that you died and rose again three days later, proving that you are God, removing the power of death and the opportunity for people to live in a way, Lord, that we're no longer under the power of sin. Thank you that there's freedom in you, Jesus. Just ask you just continue to have your way today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So cool. So we've been going through the Book of Acts. Started Acts back in March when we ended up in our house live streaming, and I was really kind um, <clears> of <throat> questioning whether we should go back into it. And so we started back up in it. And um, last week we uh, were we were in Acts chapter three, and we went from part of three to the beginning part of Acts chapter four, and kind of to set the stage here. So. Um, you know, uh, the, the disciples were in the upper room in Acts chapter one. Um, the Holy Spirit came upon them the day of Pentecost occurred. Um, they were filled with the spirit. Uh, Peter preached the gospel, preached the good news of Jesus, preached the truth of who the Messiah was to those that were listening. Three thousand people came to know the Lord. Um, fast forward, they're going to the temple, the hour of prayer in the big end of, uh, chapter three, beginning of chapter four. And, um, they end up seeing this lame man that had been there for a long time at the gate beautiful at the temple. And, uh, the guy was asking for alms. Cause back then, if you couldn't work, then you were starving. You couldn't do anything. You were, you basically had to beg. And so, uh, he asked them for, they look at each other. Peter looks at him and, and they stare at each other and and, and, Basically, you know, Peter says, I don't have, we don't have any silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ, stand up and walk. So that occurred. All these people came. Peter corrected the crowd again, pointed them to Jesus. Another 2,000 people came to the Lord. It says 5,000 people were added to, to the believers. And this is the beginning of the church. And so there's this movement of the Holy Spirit amongst God's people um, and And I want you to really take into consideration I think it 's important to really see who Peter was and who John were. These were very normal uh, uneducated untextbooked people they were Peter was a fisherman. Um, I, I view Peter as kind of a brawler. I mean, he's the dude who cut the guy's ear off in the garden. He was outspoken. He was the guy who got out of the boat. I mean, he was the guy, if you had a friend who was ever crazy while you're growing up, who did all these insane things, jumping motorcycles over houses, whatever it might be, then then Peter was probably this guy. He was this outgoing personality, but he was always so ahead of things and outspoken that Jesus even told him, uh, you know, that he, when P- Peter told Jesus back in the gospels, hey, you know, you're not going to go to the cross. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. I mean, Peter was so out there that even Jesus related him to the enemy being against Christ crucifying, uh, being crucified. So, so you, I want you to think of Peter's personality and, and that they were these common people. And it's very important that we don't miss that in, in, in Acts, It's, 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 it's the, it's the acts of the apostles. It's, it's the beginning of the church. And it's, and it's, um, it's important that we understand that we can relate to these people in the Bible. Um, what we don't want to do is we don't want to read through this and go, okay, well, that was Peter. That was John. Those were the apostles. They're up here. I'm down here. I, I can't relate. Well, then we miss what the reason why the Holy Spirit allowed this account to be in the Bible. And so, Picking up in Acts chapter four, verse five. And so the way um, we do this here is I'll read through the scripture and then we'll go back through and break it apart. And uh, Lord willing, we'll get this done sooner than later. Last week, we went a little over. And uh, so we're gonna start reading in Acts chapter four, verse five, and we will end on verse 22. And then we'll go back in and talk about it. So Acts chapter four, verse five. And oh, uh, I forgot a piece. So uh, verse one through four in in chapter four, Peter and John were taken into custody by um, the uh, religious, by by the religious leaders at the time. They came and they got upset with them and they took them into custody. It was evening time and so they waited until day for their trial. So verse five picks up where this trial starts. And it came to pass on the next day that their that their rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Ananias. <coughs> The high priest, Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and as many as were of the family of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Again, they're talking about the healing of this man. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well? Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole." This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For indeed, that a noble miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this manner. So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, you judge for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. Verse 22, for the man was over 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. So, interesting situation here. You have this court uh, was essentially composed, verse five and six, this court was essentially composed of the high priestly family. Um, the Jewish religious system had become so corrupt that the officers, um, that the offices were passed from one relative to another without even in re- any regard to the word of God. So uh, with with Annas was removed from, when he was removed of the priesthood, um, uh, Caiaphas, his son-in-law, was appointed um, as the high priest. Um, in fact, Five of a- Annas' sons held the office at one time or another. So you see, um, this religious council—they're uh, known as the Sanhedrin. So if you hear that word, that's what the religious council is in the Jewish time, Sanhedrin. Um, and in fact, this was the same council a few months before that had condemned Jesus to die. Uh, if you know the account of Christ's trial, it took place at night. Um, it it was—it was absolutely against their 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 way of doing things. They totally. Basi- they basically did everything in secret so that they would not be held accountable publicly for crucifying the messiah, and so these are the same dudes that 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 went through that process with Jesus and so <clears throat> and most likely they recognized Peter and John, and so in verse seven, you see this religious council, uh, the sanhedrin questioned them uh, most likely filled with disgust. you know these men passed by. This, this, this uh, man who couldn't walk every single day the Sanhedrin would pass by him every day. So this guy was posted up at the Gate Beautiful. And so it was a main throwaway going into the temple and the Sanhedrin, the high priestly council would always see him. Most likely they probably prayed for him in a pious way, you know, prideful, you know, we're the, we're the great preachers of the church and we're gonna pray for you because we're great. We're gonna make something happen. Maybe they even, you know, gave him alms, gave him some money, um, but they never experienced any sort of miracle in this man's life. And so you see in verse eight, um, Peter, he's filled with the Holy Spirit. And he said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel. And, and this is, let me back up a second. Also, it's important to notice how the, the Sanhedrin addressed this miracle. They, they said, by what power or by what name have you done this? They were so offended, they couldn't even recognize or wanted to recognize publicly that there was a healing that was done, that a miracle by God happened through Peter and John to this man. Only they were the God people. Only they knew the religious law. They were the, the, the religious government at the time. They were so filled with themselves and so filled with pride that they couldn't even recognize that God had done a miracle in this, in this man's life. And it's important for us, too, to recognize that we're not so prideful in our religion with Jesus, you know, in our time in ministry that God calls us to, that we don't recognize what God's doing in people's lives. Our own pride can get in the way pertaining to our relationship with God. And we always have to make sure that we have a position of humility before us in the Lord. Excuse me. So that we can actually recognize when God's doing things. And 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 it's very important for us to understand when 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 the religious council questioned them, by what power? So so that statement by what power they 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 knew something happened, and by what name have you done this? Back then, names meant something. So so and so so Peter's answer is this, and it's just so amazing. And I don't want you to miss this. Um, Verse eight, then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel. So it's important to notice that he is addressing the rulers, which is the Sanhedrin, and he's addressing Israel as a whole, God's people. So Peter, once again, filled by the Holy Spirit. First filling was when the day of Pentecost happened. So I, I, I want to talk about this the Holy Spirit and and here for a second so it's important to understand that there's two different types of operating operations of the Holy Spirit in a believer's life first is baptism of the Holy Spirit it's once when when we invite Jesus into our heart when we confess that we're a sinner and believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins that he died and rose again three days later and we recognize that we are in need of him to save our life. From, from the perils of our own life and that we want to live eternally in heaven. When we speak out what um, Romans talks about us, confessing with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believing in our heart that God raised him from the dead, God's word says you'll be saved. And in the blink of an eye, you're, you're filled with the spirit of God. There's an anointing that happens, a, a, a pouring out, a baptism of the Holy Spirit on a believer. So at conversion, we're baptized with the Holy Spirit and he enters us he enters the believing sinner he gives us new life there's something miraculous that happens in our lives and he makes this person the body of the temple of god so we become a, a resting place a place for the holy spirit to dwell in so all true believers have experienced this once for all in baptism we don't have to ask for baptism again once saved, always saved. When Jesus died on the cross, he said it was finished. It was a finished work of God. It doesn't have to be redone again. Yes, amen. We don't have to keep asking to get saved. If we have to keep asking to get saved, then I don't know, then God's weak. He's powerful to save us. And once we're saved by the Holy Spirit, when we pray, we're saved. It's a done deal. And I praise the Lord for that because my life has not always been Godly, and it won't always be godly. I'm, I'm, I have my own thinking, my own desires, and I'm wrestling with that. And, and, and some of us may have this season of life where, we, where we're off in this, this trail. Well, God's carrying us in that if the Lord dwells inside of you. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13 says this, for by one spirit, we are all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. So this is speaking of the baptism of the spirit that happens in a believer. We're baptized into the body of Christ. That's why there's communion. There's, 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 there's unity amongst the body. I can meet brothers. I have, I have friends that I, I've gone to conferences. I have, I have a brother who's in uh, Hong Kong. He's a pastor in Hong Kong. Him and I, I feel like I'm family with him, and I was only around him for five days. I didn't know the guy from Adam. I have another uh, acquaintance of mine I met at the same place. He's a missionary, a pastor in El Salvador. When we Zoom, I feel like we're family and we we, we just pick up where we left off. There's this, there's this beautiful thing that God does in the body. And that's why the church is so important. And it's something that we experience as believers that isn't available in the world. It's not available in our jobs. It's not available in the things we buy. It's not available in the things we do. There's something very very special about being a part of the body of Christ. So there's that, that, that one baptism that happens to us as believers. And then, <clears throat> however, though, um, we're to seek out the filling of the Holy Spirit in our lives if we're to live out godly Christian lives, lives that are under the control of God. And, you know, when I wrote that, I'm like, control. You know, I, I inherently don't like that word Um, because it makes me feel like I don't have freedom. But the reality is, is that God is loving. He's just, he's for you, he's not against you. He wants to bless you, he wants to empower you, he wants to heal you of areas of your life that need healing, whether physical, mental, or emotional. Sometimes it doesn't always happen in the timeline that we want it to, but that's his character. And so we, we wanna be filled by the Spirit so that we can walk out what it means to be a Christian in this world. We can't do it in our flesh. It's impossible. We read in Ephesians 5.18, do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. You know, that word dissipation, we don't really use it. We don't, that's not our language nowadays. And so dissipation means recklessness. In other words, do not be reckless by being drunk with wine, but be filled, filled with the Holy Spirit. And this word filled is like it, it, it's, it correlates with like a boat filled with people um, or like a sponge that's filled with water. How many of you guys have ever had a sponge and you fill it with water and you want it wrung out you keep ringing it out, ringing it out? A sponge, it soaks up the water. That's what its job is, it soaks it up. And so the scripture here where it talks about being filled by the Spirit, it's basically saying that we are to be so filled up that the Holy Spirit is coming out of us. And so we need to ask God, to fill us new every day, to fill us. Lord, will you please fill me with your spirit so that I can walk out this Christian walk? Lord, fill me with your spirit so my thinking isn't gross. Lord, fill me with, my spirit, with your spirit so I can treat my spouse right or my kids right or, or my job right. As a believer, we have that ability to do that. So there's one baptism of the Holy Spirit, but there's many fillings of the Holy Spirit. And this is available to all of us every day, every moment. And God calls us to do so. And I really believe that the Lord will fill us with this Holy Spirit, the same way Peter was filled with boldness. I want you guys to think about this scene for a second. Who was Peter when Jesus was on trial? Where was he at? He was at a fire. This girl heard him speak in the language of Jesus. This girl associated him with Jesus and Peter ran and Peter denied Christ. Jesus told him it was going to happen. Peter said, that ain't going to happen. Isn't that how we are? God talks about us. That's awesome. God God shares something with us and we're like, that ain't going to happen. No, no, I don't believe that, right? So I want you to think about who this Peter was. This Peter wasn't some, you know, bold person. It wasn't who he was a few months back or a few chapters back or days back before that, when Christ was crucified, you know, in the trial, he ran away. He was fearful. And so maybe in your life, you're like, I can't do anything for the Lord. I can't, what, what this pastor Brian's talking about isn't me because I'm fearful or I've experienced this or whatever. But man, I want you to think about that. <clears throat> God wants us, in fact, has called the church to be his outward expression of who Jesus is according to the Bible, and if that's what God wants us to be, then is it a stretch to say that the Lord actually wants to empower us to be that? I don't think God's gonna go against his character towards us. So it's important to note that also that speaking in tongues um, is not one of the only signs of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We see in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 30, it says this, do all have gifts of healings? So Paul, Paul's talking about, hey, does every, everybody doesn't have the gift of healing. And it says, do all speak with tongues? In other words, everybody doesn't speak with tongues. Do all interpret? In other words, everybody doesn't have the gift of interpretation. He goes on basically and says, it goes in chapter 13, love really is the greatest gift. I mean, if you want to exemplify who Christ is, we need to be loving people. And I don't mean loving people just by doing things for them. I mean, really loving them when we don't want to love them, being forgiving, confessing our bitterness, having a good attitude and mindset towards people, even when we're frustrated towards them. Man, that's where the real rub is when the Lord wants to work in our lives is our attitude towards people. It's easy to get up here and preach, but it's difficult in my house to love my kids and my wife when I feel like I'm more important By the time five years from now, people are going to be like, your marriage must be horrible, Brian. You keep using a reference like that. <laughs> Verse 9 says this. If we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, By him, this man stands here before you whole. I want you to think about that word whole. That word stands out. So, Peter's basically saying, if you're judging us for this good deed done to this helpless man, then I'm gonna tell you how it happened and who it happened through. And I'm sure that, can you imagine I'm sure a pin dropped after Peter spoke that to these people. These, again, these were the guys that, that fought to crucify Jesus. Every time you, they tried to get Jesus in a crowd, these were the guys who were trying to grab Jesus and get rid of this guy. Get rid of this prophet. There's thousands of people following him. We want to we get rid of him. See, these were the same people. And so when, when, when Peter speaks this, I just can imagine that, that a pin dropped. You know, they couldn't kill Jesus Christ. He rose from the dead, and even from heaven, he's working miracles through his name. This is the, through his name is the power to save, the power to heal. These religious leaders thought they got rid of Jesus, but lo and behold, that is not the case. Nothing can hold Jesus Christ down. Not our doubts, not our religious systems, not Satan himself, nothing, nothing whatsoever is going to come against the name of Jesus Christ ever, and that's the authority that we have. We have that authority by the Spirit of God, and that same authority was given to the disciples. So you see, only Jesus Christ can make us whole. He completes us. We are lacking. Um, we 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 are lacking true completeness without Christ. In other words, without Christ, we're lacking completeness. He needs to be our all in all. He needs to be everything in our life. He needs to permeate every area of our life. And if he doesn't, then we need to ask, Lord, will you help me to have you take this place in our life? He wants us to be dependent upon him. So Peter quoted Psalm, I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead. So verse 11 says this, this stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. So Peter quotes Psalm 118, 22. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. I love that. The Bible prophesies about Christ and Christ's life um, fulfills it. So Jesus is the chief cornerstone and the Sanhedrin were the original builders. They were. Peter speaks about it. Psalm speaks about it. They were the builders, but they rejected it. They said, you're not good enough. What God says is good enough needs to be good enough for us. But these religious leaders were so prideful and so stuck in their ways and so power hungry and so controlling that, that they couldn't see past that. So Jesus is the cornerstone. How many of you guys have ever built, if you've ever built anything, you have to have, the corner has to be solid. If if this building had a corner that was off, it would be tilted, just a corner. So back in the day, the cornerstone had to be the most perfect stone. It was symmetrically perfect. And if the cornerstone was off at all, the whole building wouldn't be would be off. And so Jesus is the perfect stone, the perfect foundation for our lives. He lacks nothing. And he wants to take us and teach us and grow us and make us more like him so that we can be used in the communities that we're in, no matter what your age is, whether old or young. It's like this morning, my son, Nehemiah, we, we spend time in prayer as a group before, you know, and he says, hey, I just want, can, 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 can we have prayer requests? I want to I thank the Lord for Angelina's you know, feeling better and, and can we pray for the presidents? I was just like, this is my 10-year-old who, like, I'm always having to, like, corral, you know? And it's like, that's the Holy Spirit moving on my 10-year-old son. Things of God that come to our lives are from the Lord. Inherently, we're not that way. We don't think that way. I don't think that way. I don't wake up and go, praise the Lord. I'm this great person that walks with God. No, I wake up in my flesh. And so when I see that happen in my son, I'm like, that is the raw supernatural nudging of the Holy Spirit in my son's heart and mind. And it's just rad. It's so cool. Sorry, that was kind of a little side note there. So <clears throat> verse 12 says this, nor is there salvation, Peter continues to go on, nor there's, is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men which we must be saved. Verse 13 says this, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. So again, like I talked about this in the beginning, friends, please don't miss this. We see that the religious leaders that denied Christ saw, they saw what happened. They witnessed the boldness of Peter and John. They could tell that they were uneducated, that they weren't learned priests, that they had no place really in their religious system. We could relate that. They they, they weren't Bible college people. They weren't Bible professors. They weren't any of that. This high priestly group, they weren't a part of that. These men weren't trained in anything pertaining to godliness except that they walked with Jesus. They recognized these, these, this, these religious men, the Sanhedrin, recognize that Peter and John had been with Jesus. Do people in your life recognize that you've been with Jesus? I have to ask that question myself when I read this. And that relates to every area of my life. When my windows are open and I'm yelling at my wife, Gina, or Gina's yelling at me, or we're reprimanding our kids, or because we're vocal people, it's horrible. It really is. And, you know, Dan's my neighbor. He's across the street, and we have, this, um, we have this porch. Dan comes walking over his coffee. I know, like, he can hear us talking like this. It's just this big megaphone. It's perfect for us not. And so it's just, man, the Lord just wants to cause us to, to, to be ministered to by the Spirit so that people know that we've walked with Jesus. So... You know, when we're with Jesus, not just at church, not just listening to Christian music, but when we have a true relationship with Jesus Christ, walking with Jesus daily in his word, that's so important. The culture, and I hate to say this, and I'm not trying to get on a soapbox, but the culture of church is more religiosity and consumerism than actually taking God's people and reading the word because the word speaks to us. I hope that God's word speaks to you guys and it's not Brian's good message because that's not eternal, you know? And so this relationship that we have with Jesus, we need to be walking with him daily in prayer, in the word, and people will see the difference in us. And they may ask, hey, there's something different about you You know, that happened to me once when I was working in the jewelry industry. My manager, he's like, you're always so happy-go-lucky. Why are you the way you are? You know, it was a long time ago. But this is what the world is hungry for. They're hungry for people that walk with the Lord. Even if people deny Christ, even if people hate Jesus, atheists, agnostics, Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, any other religion that doesn't claim Jesus Christ as God, Lord, and Savior. They need to see that Jesus is real. And God wants to use the church, which is us all, not me, to do that. You'll always hear me say that, from speaking the pul- the pulpit, I mean some music saying whatever, but you always hear me s- presenting that. The Lord's really placed a burden in my heart to, to to be a community of believers that are about raising people up and training them and sending them out. Because when Jesus said that you'll do greater things than me, he wasn't talking about the supernatural. He was talking about that the church was gonna explode and multiply. Look, we're not even in, we're not even past chapter four, and and the Lord has already added five thousand people to the body. And it wasn't because anybody spoke well. It wasn't because any education. It wasn't because of money. They didn't have speakers, microphones. They didn't have anything. They had Jesus. And they knew that Jesus was greater than anything that had ever walked the earth. And the Holy Spirit empowered them for that. And I really believe that the Lord wants to get the body off the focus of the church procedures and church buildings and what we have because unfortunately as Americans we focus on that because we're bombarded by that all the time and focus on the word of God and start asking the Lord God how can you use me how do you want to use me what do you want to do in my life because people eternity is at hand and 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 Jesus walked with uh, there's so many Peter and John all the disciples walked with him they saw all these miracles they knew that they were walking with eternity when Jesus was with him. They knew that he was God. And when he left, he, he ascended into heaven and he left them. Um, I can't believe this is, must have been the wrong notes. There's a whole section that's missing off of here unless. That's okay. I know, No, no, I know where I'm going. It's okay. <clears throat> and it's important that we don't miss this either. Glad I actually looked something up in the Bible before I taught. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here, which I do a lot. I apologize. Okay, no, I am. Yeah, okay. Good, it is in here. Okay, cool. So verse 14 says this, and seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, um, they could say nothing against it. So these these men had nothing to stand on. When God shows up in our lives and Jesus does a miracle in our lives, think about that word whole. There was a work that the Lord did in this man. They made him whole. And it's a picture of us that the Lord makes us complete. And when that work happens in us, and we stand for the Lord, and we're walking with God, anybody that's adversarially against us, you have to remember that when people—if you ever go out witnessing and people get—I've been cussed at, spit at, whatever in life when talking about the Lord—they're not angry at you; they're angry at the Lord. But um, these, these, these—the religious leaders had nothing to stand on. They couldn't refute it. They, they, they tried, and there was just. There was nothing to stand on. So verse 15 says this, but when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves saying, what shall we do to these men? For indeed that a noble miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem and we cannot deny it. Verse 17, but so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name in his in this name. So the Sanhedrin told Peter and John, get out of here, we gotta talk. So they were talking amongst themselves, all you know, quietly. How how this got into the scripture? Luke, I don't know, he wrote Acts, but the Lord allowed us to have some insight into what they said. And so They had the secret talk and they decided to try and make these men um, be quiet, not speak about Jesus anymore so so that their own religious system might not be threatened. So we as believers living out our lives filled with the Holy Spirit, being witnesses for Christ in this world, the world, our flesh and Satan and all his demons will try and shut us up about Jesus Christ. Our fears will get in the way. Have you ever done that before? You ever started to pray and all of a sudden kids go crazy, or you want to talk to somebody about the Lord and the conversation all of a sudden gets off track. There's something that goes on that wants to come against us talking about Jesus. Just like these Sanhedrin, they wanted to shut these men up. They didn't want to hear about it. They didn't want people to, to be drawn away from, from the fleshly religious system. Let us not walk in fear, brothers and sisters. Let us be bold the way Peter was and talk about Jesus with those around us. Let us not fall into this temptation of being fearful, but let us with great boldness live our lives for Christ. And it's, again, important that we ask for a filling of the Spirit to empower us to do those things. So verse 18 through 20 says this. So they called them and condemned and, and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. They didn't care what other name. Just don't say Jesus. We can't stand that name. We put him to death and he went away. We don't know why he's back again. Verse 19, but Peter and John answered and said to them this, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, you judge, for we cannot speak the things, I'm sorry, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Now it's important for us to take note here, especially in the season we're in with life and the different things we see about churches and everything and, you know, government's coming down upon people gathering and stuff, and I'm not gonna get into all that. Um, but what I do want to remind us here is that Jesus gave Peter, gave the disciples a mandate, okay? And these men wanted to shut them up about Jesus, They didn't want to hear anything about Jesus. They didn't want to have Jesus preached. They didn't want to see miracles. They didn't want anything to be known about Jesus. They knew what was happening. They saw the people following them. They saw what God was doing and they didn't want to have anything to do with that. Jesus gave us a mandate as well. And, and this is the scripture that I wanted to reference to. So Peter and John knew that they were to be obedient to God pertaining to the mandate that Jesus Christ had given them in Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So Jesus in this scripture, he's saying, I have all God's authority in heaven and on earth. And so he's, 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 Sharing with them that what I'm gonna say right now to you is from God. It has authority. It wasn't just loose words. It says this, verse 19. Again, this is Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20. Verse 19 says this. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is why Peter and John stood up against these religious leaders because they basically were saying, in essence, it doesn't matter who you've been with, Jesus or not, we don't want to hear about it. And, and, and when Jesus spoke this to his disciples, they were obedient to it. And, and, but to, 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 to walk that out, you have to go back where it says, Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. Every time there's this outpouring of ministry, there's this filling of the Holy Spirit. And so, as believers, we have a mandate to preach the gospel, to disciple those, to, 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 to be mindful of what God might want to do in our lives. Not just in our home, but in those around us, you know? Um, and it's a great thing when we just tell the Lord, Lord. I'm willing, you know, in spite of our inabilities, in spite of our insecurities, God wants to do great work through us to those around us. And it's just like, you know, this, this, you know, a night of harvest that we're doing out here. I don't know who's coming. It could be two people. It could be a hundred people. It's gonna be, you know, at first we were talking about not doing anything for Halloween because we're a small team, you know? We have eight of us, you know? And, you know, we've been at Harvest stuff with the churches that we've served at before that had take a lot and a lot goes into it and everything. And then as I was praying, I was thinking through it and, 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 and I, I walked by a speaker that we had, a powered monitor, you know? And, I was, and the Lord's like, I gave you this audio equipment. Why aren't you gonna use it? And I was like, because, you know, God wants to use the items that he gives us for ministry. We're like those items that God wants to use. You know, don't be stagnant, you know? And it's not, again, it's not about education. It's not about, and it's easy to compare with other people. It's easy, it's super easy, especially with social media. We can compare, oh, this person does this, this, and this, and this is how this church is, or this minister, or this family, or that. We need to be looking at Jesus, spending time with Jesus, and asking him to fill us with his spirit. And so, I'm just I've been thinking about the end of this month. And and I've been Lord, what do you want to have happen here because I really what I what I really would love to see is people here, but not just for fun, but to receive the truth of Jesus. And there needs to be a boldness by the power of the Holy Spirit to do that. And 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 it doesn't just because you know we have this place here that God's given us and we're going to do that on a, on a, on a Halloween That can be done every day in our lives. You know, as we're at the gas station, I've had times when I'm pumping gas and the Lord pricks my heart to say something silly about somebody's car or whatever. And and whenever we engage somebody in life, you know, are we, hey, you know, can I pray for you? Have you ever said that to somebody just randomly? It's crazy. I had that happen once when I was talking with this woman and like she was all frustrated. And I asked, I said, can I pray for you? We were done praying. There was peace between her and I that transcended all understanding. Like it was like the Lord came and and rested upon her and I in, in, in public. And I just, I sensed it and she sensed it. And it was just, uh, I wasn't like, well, I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna pray for the peace of God. I just wanted to pray for her, you know? And the Lord showed up in a great way. And so don't discount God not, or God not being able to use you because of anything, okay? God is powerful. And if he can use Peter, man he can use any of us so i'm going to go ahead and close in prayer father god thank you so much for your mercy and your grace and your love thank you that you have a plan and a purpose lord for our lives i pray lord that anything that you know is not of you lord would just fall away lord that i've spoken lord i pray that we wouldn't miss out on what you have for us lord today lord and and um god i know that <clears throat> I'm I'm not like everybody, and everybody's not like me, and we all have different personalities. But I know that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I fully believe, God, that you want to use your body, Lord. You want to use the church, God. You want to use it, the church being your believers, your true believers. You want to use the body, Lord. So I just ask that you would... Prick our hearts, Lord, to ask you to fill us with your spirit, Lord, that we'd have boldness, Lord. Help us to trust you, Lord, in areas of our lives that seem out of control. Help us to trust you with areas of our lives that that we can't change ourselves, Lord. Help us to trust you, Lord. We need you to show us what that looks like in our soul, in our mind, in 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 our heart of hearts. I just pray, Lord, for anybody here today that um, that needs a touch from you. I just ask, Lord, that you would just minister to them, Father God, whether on the live stream or here uh, in the service, Lord. I just pray, Lord, that you would just meet their needs, God. Lord, if there's anybody that doesn't know you, I pray that you would give them boldness to reach out, Lord, and um, talk to me or anybody else here, Lord, uh, to pray with them to come to know you, Lord. It's the most amazing thing ever to walk with you. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives, God. Thank you for the testimony of Peter and how you used him, Lord, how you changed him because you wanted to be glorified, because you wanted to be known, because you wanted to have authority in the middle of a group of people that, said they loved you, but really inwardly had nothing to do with you, God. Help us to be bold like that, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us. Thank you for the cross. Just praise you and give you all the glory, Lord. Just thank you and give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.